Thank you, Pastor and Charity, for the opportunity to uh, share the word today and to be here with you guys. It's, it's such an honor. I just want to say welcome. Welcome to the family, everybody. We believe we are a family here at JFA. That's not just a slogan or something that we say. We believe we are the body of Christ, and we believe that we are a family. So I want to say welcome, family. I'm so glad that you're here, and welcome to everybody online. Uh, it is wonderful and amazing to have all of you uh, encountering in worship with us today. So 2020, huh? Had some amazing things, right? I don't know about you, but 2020 kind of left me feeling a little tired. Can anyone relate? Yeah, so we had some struggles. We had some things that we went through every single person in 2020. But guess what? I am so excited for 2021 because I believe that God is with us and I believe God has some amazing things in store for us as a church. You want to say amen? Yes. And the great thing about God is that he hasn't abandoned us and left us. He has some plans and he has some steps that he has given us to keep us spiritually strong and healthy in 2021. He hasn't left us here. And I'm so excited about that. But here's the catch. It all depends on us. It all depends on us. He's given us everything we need to go forward and be spiritually healthy and spiritually strong in 2021. But it's up to us to take the next step. About five years ago, I went on a health journey. Um, I had some chronic issues that I was dealing with in my body. And I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Anybody here feel like that sometimes? I got to the point to where I was tired of sitting at home and complaining about my life. Because that doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything to sit around and complain. So I laced up my shoes and I got to the gym. I called a friend and I said, hey, I'm going through this situation in my life. And she was a cancer survivor. She was going through some chronic issues in her life. Stacy, right here. We were both in the same place. And she said, yeah, I got to get to the gym. Yeah, me too. Let's do it. But guess what? This time we really did it. <laughs> For years, we sat around and complained. <laughs> Finally, I put my shoes on and I encountered the gym. And that's when life change happened for me. It happened when I wasn't just sitting around at home talking about it. I had to actually go in motion. I had to actually get to the gym. So Stacy and I decided we're going to encounter the gym. <laughs> we decided to meet continually at the gym, okay? Continually, not just one day a week, but three days a week, y'all. We met three days a week at the gym. We laced up our shoes, we got to the gym, and we engaged in the gym. We met continually. I think eventually we went to five days at the gym. We decided, to commit ourselves to the training process and to stay connected in accountability. When one of us didn't want to go to the gym, the other one pushed us on. We called each other. We stayed connected. We said, hey, we're going. Get up here, right? We stayed connected. We had accountability. And in that moment, I realized I couldn't do it on my own. I knew I couldn't do it without Stacy. I could put my shoes on and I could get to the gym, but without the connection between us, I wasn't gonna go far. I wasn't gonna become strong. I wasn't gonna get fit spiritually. I needed that connection. We continually engaged our bodies in discipline and movement. <laughs> discipline and movement. And over time of that year, the results were, we became strong, we became fit, we became healthy, 
and many of our chronic ailments that we had disappeared. As life went on and, and we had different issues going on in our lives, we quit encountering the gym. <laughs> we quit connecting and staying accountable to each other. We quit engaging our bodies in discipline and motion. And here I am, exactly where I was five years ago when I got started. I'm not gonna speak for Stacy, but we need to call each other. Here I am, feeling the same way I felt five years ago, just being completely vulnerable in this moment. A lot of my chronic issues have returned, not feeling the greatest all the time. My asthma's come back, it disappeared when we were working out, that was one amazing thing to happen. And I just feel tired because I quit being in motion. I quit moving. I quit encountering. I quit getting equipped. I quit engaging. How many of us today are feeling spiritually sick and tired? How many of us today feel the way that I feel in my body? And you say, Pastor Jamie, that's me. I feel tired. It happens. It happens to all of us. But we were created for movement, first in the natural and then in the spiritual. If we decide not to train our bodies and keep moving, we will decline. We will go backwards. So it is with us spiritually. In order for us to stay strong and healthy and spiritually fit, we have to continue to keep moving. We have to continue to keep growing spiritually. We have to keep flowing in that movement. Can I see that next steps graphic up there, the first one, Chandler? Instead of viewing our spiritual health as a linear destination from start to finish, which is how I usually see that in my mind, I'm growing as a Christian, I'm, I'm a little bit here, I'm getting stronger, I'm here, here's my final destination. The challenge is to see our spiritual health and condition like this graphic up here. It's a continual process of motion. It's a continual process of movement from one arrow to the next, flowing from one arrow to the next. And in that, we stay spiritually strong. People who are spiritually alive and vibrant continue to flow in the process of movement. And that is our challenge today, for us to get moving again. Do you have your tennis shoes on today? I do. Hey. Here's the challenge. We have to get up. We have to get out. And we have to get moving. Okay? So lace up your tennis shoes. Here we go. The early church in the book of Acts, this is how they were. They were continually growing in the process of movement. And that is our model and our example of how we need to stay spiritually fit and strong. We want to be healthy. We want to be alive. A healthy church is full of people who are healthy and individually spiritually healthy and alive. I'm going to go ahead and turn to Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you have your Bible or your iPad, you can look it up with me. The context of this scripture is this is the early church. This is the birth of the church. Jesus has just died. He's been rose again. He's told his disciples to stay and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Spirit. And as a result for that, Peter speaks and a whole bunch of people get saved. And they get baptized and they receive Jesus. So this is the context of what is happening before this scripture happens. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone who had need. 
Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you today, Father God, that you are with us. I thank you for this amazing example of the early church, Father God, of how to stay spiritually strong, how to stay spiritually healthy. And God, through their example, we can see a model of how we can be spiritually strong through the steps that you have for us, God. Help us to see what those next steps are today. Help us to continue to flow in motion and keep moving in who you've created us to be. And everyone said, Amen, in Jesus' name. As we can see in that scripture, they continually encountered and worshiped together. They continually hung out together, and they continually served one another. And based upon their example, we see that the three main goals of movement for spiritual health in the life of every believer is, number one, encountering the presence of God. Encountering the presence of God. Encountering the presence of God is whenever we all come together corporately as a body to hear the word of God. It is so important that we are together because when we encounter the presence of God, that's when life change happens. It happens in these moments. Uh, just like a few minutes ago, we are encountering as the body of Christ, his presence. And in that moment, we are changed. In that moment, when we're praising him, we're encountering in worship together. So many miracles can happen. In one moment, things you've been praying about, God can just lift away. Many of you have experienced that. It's so important for us to encounter, encounter the presence of God through worship. And the most important reason why we need to encounter together is so that we hear the word. Because as pastor said, where the word speaks, God speaks. Amen? We need to be together as the body of Christ hearing the word of God because it changes us. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living and active. It's alive. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Joints and marrow, it penetrates. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And that's why we need to encounter the word together, corporately, as a body. Whether you choose to do that online, hey, everybody online, you're still encountering the presence of God. It doesn't matter if you're online or you're in this room. We are the body of Christ. And we're encountering his word when we're together. Encountering his word. Where the word speaks, God speaks. Now let me tell you, to encounter the presence of God takes discipline. It's just like me putting on my shoes and getting to the gym. It takes discipline. I can't just sit on my couch and complain about my life to God if I'm not willing to get my shoes on and get there. Can I? It's no different than me sitting on my couch saying, man, why do I feel so bad? Why am I overweight? Why is my asthma back? And just sitting there not encountering the gym. It's going to take me moving. Hello, we've got to do something. Same with us spiritually. We have to get up. We have to get out. And we have to encounter. And even when you're encountering at home online, this is how I do church. I do church online. Because I'm with your amazing, wonderful kids on Sundays. A. Eh? So, on Fridays, that's my day off. I encounter with you. Even though you've all already seen it, right? Y'all have already done it. To me, I'm encountering with my church. I'm turning it online. I'm setting aside time in my schedule to encounter the word of God with you. And that takes discipline too. Because I have to set aside time in my schedule. And I see so many other things at my house calling me. 
But no, I'm going to lace up my shoes and I'm going to turn it on because it's important for me to be growing with you because we're the body of Christ. So whether you're watching online or you're coming into this building, it takes discipline and movement to encounter the presence of God. If you, you want change in your life, if I want change in my life, we can't just sit there and complain to God. God's done it all. He's given us everything we need in his word. Guess what? It's our choice. The next step we have to take. I wish I had some, you know, super spiritual way of telling you how to become spiritually fit, but I don't. This is it. We got to lace up our shoes and we got to go. This is what it takes. Whether you're encountering here or you're encountering online, it takes discipline, it takes movement, and it takes dedication. This is how we just read the early church was. It says, continually, they met together in worship. Wait a minute, it says, every day, verse 46, every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. How dedicated are we? I'm dedicated to a lot of things. My husband reminds me, and he reminds our kids all the time, hey, if something's important to you, you're going to make sure you do it. <laughs> if it's not important to me, I'm not going to do it. Amen? So our kids are the same way. We're just like our kids. We do what we want to do. But these people were dedicated in Acts. Why? Because they just got saved. 3,000 people just got saved. 3,000 people just got baptized and come to know Jesus. They wanted to get there. They wanted to push. Just like me and Stacy, we pushed. We got there. We showed up. It takes pushing. How dedicated are we to encounter the presence of God? We need to be dedicated. Because if not, we're going to be sick. Spiritually sick and tired. This is how it was for Stacy and I. We had to dedicate ourselves. And it took a lot of effort. Just like when you're getting your kids ready in the morning. Hello. I've been there. Encountering was tough for me when mine were little, y'all. Still tough now that they're teenagers, but it's important to me, and it's been a value of ours raising our kids, so we get here, even before I was pastoring. When, when we weren't pastoring our whole life, we showed up. You know why? Because we want our kids to hear the Word of God. Don't you want your kids to hear the Word of God? Because where the Word speaks, God speaks. We need to push on. We need to press on. Encountering the presence of God at church is so powerful. We just experienced that a few minutes ago. I love it. I love the presence of God. I love prayer time at the altar. I love hanging out with y'all. Being here in this moment, this is what I live for. I love it. But let me tell you what. Let's not wait till we come to the church to encounter God. We need to be encountering God at home. We need to not wait until we walk into this building to say, oh, hello, Jesus. We need to encounter him at home. We need to start talking about God at home. Why do we only talk about God when we're at church? We need to talk about him at home. When we're with our kids, we need to let our kids encounter God at home. It's not just a church thing. It's an everyday, all-day thing. We need to invite God's presence into our home. We need to invite his worship and his word into our home. It's not something that just happens here. Do you want to teach your kids it's something that's only here? No. We need to start teaching them that God is who he is at home. He lives in your heart. The word is in your heart. He goes with you out this door. We need to be dedicated to bringing the presence of God and encountering him at home, not just in the church. Can I get an amen? Because let me tell you, the most amazing moments that I've had with God in my life have happened at home. 
When I felt God's presence for the first time at eight years old, I was at home praying by myself. They, my parents were worried. <laughs> What's wrong with her? She sees the Lord. Oh, help us. They were worried. When I got filled with the Spirit, I came to the altar at 15. I said, God, fill me with the Spirit. It happened at home. I was at home. Another time in my life, I was at a huge crossroads in our marriage about a, 12 years ago. And I had a moment with God that changed my life on my front porch. Don't neglect encountering him at home. Some of the most important moments you'll have with God and your kids are going to happen in your home. So let's not forget, we need to encounter together here corporately, but we need to encounter at home. Can I get an amen? The second main goal of movement to stay spiritually healthy that we see from the book of Acts is to become equipped and connected in discipleship. Becoming equipped, equipping the believer in discipleship and connection. All 3,000 of these people that got saved that day, they were spiritual babies. They did not know. They were just getting saved, converting from Judaism. They had all kinds, a whole lifetime of tradition that they had heard. A whole lifetime of things that were not sound doctrine that they had to be brought out of. How do you think they were going to be brought out of those old mindsets? By continually meeting together, as we just read in Acts 2. They devoted themselves, verse 42, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They devoted themselves because they had to come out of an old system. How many of us here are stuck in our old systems? Same with us as it was with them. We have old systems of living in our mind. We have things we've been doing that aren't working. And the only way that we're going to get corrected in that is by getting connected and equipped with a group of believers to hear the truth. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what pastor just alluded to earlier this is why we have the deep dive, so that we can come and learn because we need to be trained on sound doctrine. We need sound doctrine more now than ever. And guess what? So did these people. They had all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff going on back then, just like we do now. And we think, oh, well, it's a different time. You know, I just don't have the time. Those people had it easy and all that. No. <laughs> The early church did not have it easy, y'all. Okay, there was a bunch of political uproars. Hello. There was a bunch of disease going on back then. Hello. There was this man named Jesus that just came and stirred everything up and was killed and crucified. A lot of stuff was going on with these people. But they stayed dedicated. They got in and they met continually so that they could be trained and equipped to do every good work that God was calling them to do. And they were dedicated, and they met, and they pursued it. We need to. Wednesday's coming, y'all. I know it's tough to get here on Wednesday, okay? I've been doing it since my babies were born. I know it's hard. They grown now. Still doing it. I know it's hard. It was hard for them. Maybe they thought they were going to be killed. They just killed Jesus. And now 3,000 people are saved. You think they just went, let's all show up at each other's house. Ain't no probs. No. They could have been killed. Who knows what could have happened? They could have said, we need to kill all 3,000 of these people. They're preaching heresy. It wasn't easy for them, and it will not be easy for us, just as it was not easy for Stacy and I. We didn't only have to show up. We had to get connected. We had to start lifting some muscles. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be tough to get here on Wednesdays. But do you know why I believe God wants us here? Because he wants us to grow, and he wants us to get equipped and grow and learn in discipleship. 
How are you going to give an answer for what you believe? If you aren't hearing it, if you aren't learning it. And like pastor said, if you don't understand it, that's exactly what this class is for. Breaking it down, teaching you how, training. And that is exactly about what getting equipped is about. It's getting trained in discipleship. It's growing your muscles. It's making you strong and spiritually healthy with sound doctrine. And we need that just as much as they did. There are so many parallels to what they were going through last time or in this day. And it's the same with us. And if they can do it, we can do it, y'all. We can do it. And I believe God is going to give us the strength to do it. The second part that is so important about getting equipped and connected in discipleship is the connection point with people. We don't do life alone well. He said it's not good for man to be alone, okay? We do better in discipleship when we're connected with people living and growing what we believe. If you're getting equipped and you're just going home and not sharing your life with anyone, you're not going to grow. You'll have a bunch of head knowledge. But in life together, living our faith together is how we get connected. They were together daily, it says in Acts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Together, they were in the upper room. The word together had a communal concept. It was a responsibility to one another. There was power when they were together. They needed to be together. We need to be connected to one another. In more than just a slogan of saying, hey, how are you? Welcome to the family. We need to be connected deeper than that. Stacy and I were connected in the ugly, the good, the bad, the horrifying, everything it took to get spiritually fit. We were connected. She lifted me up when I was down. I lifted her up, and I could not be spiritually strong without her. I knew it. And that is the challenge for us. There is no Lone Ranger mentality in Christianity. There is no Lone Ranger mentality. Becoming equipped in discipleship and connected together is what it is all about. I read a quote from Stephen Furtick last week that said, the danger of isolation is greater than the risk of intimacy. Who are you connecting with? Who are you sharing your life with? I know this is hard for some of us, for me in particular. I feel like the poster child for bad relationships. I've had a lot of hurt in my life from a very young girl when it comes to relationships. Getting connected with people is not fun for me, okay? <laughs> because it's associated with being hurt. And I know a lot of people that are really outgoing are so excited about this part. Let's get connected! You know, they're like, woo! And I'm like, oh, I gotta be vulnerable and I gotta be real and I gotta be transparent and I gotta share my life with people. Ouch! Anybody else out here like me or is it just me? You love it, right? <laughs> Pray for me, okay? Pray for me. Um, this is what it's about, getting connected. Are you putting yourself in an environment to be together with other believers? I get what it's like to be hurt. I get why we don't want to get connected with people. It's so much easier to come to church or to a discipleship group and just hear the word and then go home and be like, yeah, that was good for me, Lord. It's just me and you. But God is challenging us to let some of that pain of the past go. I know you've been hurt, and I know things have happened in the past, maybe in another church or, or just in your family and relationships that you've had where you don't want to get connected. 
kind of like me. I, I've had so much pain from the past that connecting with people is hard for me. I have to really be transparent. And then there are some people who, who are shy, and they don't naturally just come into a room and, and just fill it with their presence. They stand back. I understand that's hard for you too. I understand it's hard. But we need to be dedicated to being connected. Regardless of why we're holding back, it might be because we're shy or we've been hurt in the past, like in my situation. But the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And there is strength and power in us being together. And so I want to encourage you today, if that's you and you've been hurt in the past uh, like I have, I just want to challenge us to, to be dedicated and press on through that. We're going to have to let some of that stuff go if we want to take our next step in God. We have to let it go in order to become spiritually fit and where God has us. We have to let it go to go on to our next step in God. If that's you and you're struggling in that point, uh, please know you can see any of us pastors at any time if you just want to talk through some of that. And even more than that, you don't need to wait for a pastor. Find someone in church or the body of Christ. Find somebody in this building to connect with and tell them, hey, I've been hurt in the past. And that's why I kind of hold back. It's not because I think I'm better than you. And it's not because I don't think I need anyone. It's because I'm hurting. And so if that's you, find someone to talk to. And of course, you can always talk to me. You can always talk to any of your pastoral staff. Um, they're always here for you to talk to. This particular goal of movement is where God has me right now. That's my next step, getting connected. I've already called a couple in the church, some new friends. They've been attending for maybe a year. And I've talked with them, and I said, hey, I laced up my shoes, y'all, and I stepped out, and I called them, and I said, hey, you want to meet together? You want to meet together? That's tough. I said, you want to meet together? Let's just hang out. Let's hang out continually, right? Let's get strong together. Let's study the Word together. Can we pray for each other? I'm not talking about some mandated church discipleship program. I just want to hang out with you. Is that something you're interested in? They said, yeah, we're all in. Y'all realize that's not just for them. That's for me. I need that. I need to let go of the past and move on and connect with people. And I do believe that's our challenge as a church. The next step level for us as a church is not just to say, hey, welcome to the family, but become family. I have a lot of people over to my house sometimes. And when they come over, I make them feel like family. They're like family to me. They come in, I, I have them sit down, I feed them, I care for them. But I don't ask them to take out the trash. That's my family and my kids, we take out the trash. Are we really family here if we're not responsible to each other? Are we? There's more than just saying it. If you're a part of my family, you're taking out the trash. Okay? When we're a part of a family, there's responsibility attached. It's not just, hey, welcome to the family. It's, hey, welcome to the family. How are you really doing? Want to hang out? Let's get, let's get together. I'm okay hearing your trash. That means the bad stuff, the good stuff, the past, whatever. Let's pray about it. I'm okay. We got to be willing to take out the trash for people. We got to get equipped in sound discipleship, and we have to get connected with other believers in the body. Our third main goal of movement in the life of every believer in order to stay spiritually healthy is to engage Engaging in my purpose in order to be a blessing. 
This is our third goal of movement. We see in the early church, in the book of Acts, that they gave out of what they had for each other. It says, selling their possessions and goods, verse 45, they gave to anyone as had need. They gave out of what they had. And that's what God is asking us to do, to give out of what we have to other people in our church. We're engaging in that. We're engaging in meeting the needs of each other. If we really are the body of Christ, we need to be connected and meeting each other's needs. This is the first time we see one of our values lived out that we believe here at JFA, living a lifestyle of blessing. These people engaged and gave what they had. They didn't just sit back at their Bible study and say, I'll pray for you. They didn't just do that. They engaged. They moved. They put their shoes on. They sold what they had. They gave possessions. And you know what Acts says? Nobody had a need. Come on. Nobody had a need. And that wasn't like, well, the church taking care of it. The church was the people. Hello. The church was taking care of it. It was all the 3,000 people that had gotten saved, not just the disciples. They saw what they had. They looked at what they had, and they engaged in it, and they gave, and the whole body was built up for the purpose of what God has called it to. That is what spiritual gifts is all about. Spiritual gifts are not for us. God chooses as he determines what spiritual gifts he gives us. And he gives them to us to build up people. It's not a spiritual gift so that I can look at myself and say, well, I'm a leader now. I'm looking good. I'm a leader. I can do all this stuff. We're missing the point of what engaging in my purpose is about. Engaging is giving out of who I am because of what God's done for me to disperse among the body. So whatever your gift is, it doesn't matter. They're all this, from the same God for the same purpose, which is to build up the church. And that is what they did. They gave out of what they had. They didn't wait and rely on a committee to be passed to meet this need or whatever. And that's what we need to do individually. We need to look at the people around us and we need to get engaged. We need to say, okay, what do I have? Who's around me in my sphere of influence? Just like the church in Acts and say, okay, God, what are you asking me to do about this situation? That is what the church is about. There is no angel that comes down and places orphans in homes. How do you think that happens? People. There is no angel that comes here, trust me, and takes out the trash <laughs> and cleans the church. There is no angel that comes to your house and does your dishes. How does that happen? It happens through people. And that's what engaging is all about. Engaging is about finding my purpose in the body in order to be a blessing, and that's exactly what these people did, and nobody had a need. What would happen if every single one of us did that? I can't even imagine. I'd go so far as to say the town would be different. I'd go so far as to say we can change the next generation. I'd go so far to say is we can change the economic things that are happening in this area just by living a lifestyle of blessing and engaging in our purpose, putting our shoes on and saying yes to God. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. I'll go where you ever ask me to go. I'll say whatever you ask me to say. If every single person in this church engaged in their purpose, watch out, it's going to be on fire, and this county is going to change. Yes. And that's what God has for us. God has so much for us. We don't have to live spiritually bankrupt. What? That is not our God. God wants to build us up so that we can give it out. 
It's not just for us to look good. It's not about us looking good. I don't ever remember reading a story of where Jesus uses his gifts of healing and he says, that's right, it was all about me. It wasn't about him to the point where he was willing to suffer and die on a cross and not consider himself equal to God. It wasn't about him. He said, I've come to do the will of my father. So who are we to think the spiritual gifts that we have are about us? They're not about us. They're all about him. And they're all about building up the body of Christ, the collective body of Christ. The hardest part of becoming engaged is saying yes. The hardest part of becoming engaged is saying yes to God. Encountering and equipping is all about what God is doing in me. Encountering and equipping is all about what God is doing in me. He's stirring it up. Engaging is all about what God wants to do through me. And this is where it gets really exciting. How many of you here have ever had that moment where you feel like, yes, I'm living my purpose. I'm living my purpose. I am using my gifts in order to be a blessing. Can I tell you there's nothing like it. When you comfort others with the comfort you've received from God, when you step out and you say yes to God and you use your gifts to partner with him in his plans for this church in this world, there is nothing like it. We need to become engaged in our purpose in order to be a blessing to others. It's going to take vulnerability, and it's going to take putting on the shoes and stepping out of your box. I'll tell you a story. I was five years ago. I was riding uh, the lawnmower at my house, and I felt a call, you know, of God that I needed to get my credentials. I needed to get my credentials. I didn't know for what or for why. My husband already had his credentials, so I thought, I just need to support him. Why do I need him? Right? So I have this lawnmower experience where I'm being vulnerable and I'm saying yes to God. I'm singing in worship. And he says, you need to apply for the children's pastor position at J First Assembly. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, now's the time. This is why you're pursuing your credentials. Okay, I'm real comfortable being on the worship team. <laughs> I don't want to leave this. I'm real comfortable doing that, and I like it a lot. Again, all about me. I don't want to stop doing that. I like that. <laughs> and so as I go through this process of being vulnerable and saying yes to God, I tell my husband, I jump off the mower, put it in park first. <laughs> Surprise. Went and talked to him, and I said, hey, uh, I just feel like God's talking to me on the lawnmower, and he's telling me that I need to get my credentials and that I need to apply for that children's pastor job. He said, what? And uh, we have this conversation and we talk and, and I told him, it's gonna change our whole life. I know this, you know? I do believe God's told me this. It's gonna change our whole life and it's not gonna be easy. I know this, he spoke this to me. It will not be easy to say yes to this. It will not be easy. It will be hard, and there will be some tough times. So I told him, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. There's going to be some tough times. Of course, there's going to be joy, but there will be, it will not be easy. And he said, let's do it. That's what God's asking us to do. Let's say yes to that. So I step into something that I feel totally unequipped for that I don't feel ready for, I don't feel prepared for. I didn't know this was going to happen. But I was in a place in my life where I was open and I was vulnerable and I was saying yes to God. I was saying, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Whatever that next step is, I'm willing to do it. 
I'm willing to put on my shoes. I'm willing to step out. I want to be dedicated. Watch out. Because when God asks you to engage in your purpose, it's not always going to be something that you think is easy. I need to prepare you for that. Sometimes it will be. Singing is easy for me. But to really do what God asked me to do, I have to rely on him every day because it's not about me, y'all. So God may ask you to do something that is within your gifting, which is great, wonderful. We want you to find your fit. That's what our next steps is all about. We want to help you find your place in the body because we all have a place. But let me challenge you, when you start to become at a place spiritually where you say yes to God, he might ask you to do something that you don't know you had. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. You have more than you realize. You're more than you know. God knows. You have talents. You have abilities. You have gifts that God has put inside of you to reach this church in this county, in this world. But it's going to be more than you realize. And you're going to have to rely on him for that next step. It might not flow. It might flow for you easy. And then the next step might be, okay, you're serving here. That's wonderful. Okay, now I want you to do this. And you're like, I don't do that. I don't do that, Lord. And he says, yes, you can. You do. I see that gift inside of you. You have that. I believe that within this room, there are some amazing leaders And God's not calling you just to volunteer. God's calling you to lead. He's not calling you to engage in your purpose just to fill a position here at the church. And that is not how we see it as your pastoral leadership. We do not see it that whenever you sign up to volunteer, okay, now I'm filling that spot. When you sign up to volunteer, you're signing up to lead. You're saying, yes, I'm going to become a leader. I'm not just volunteering. I am serving the body. I am the hand. I am the eye. I am the foot. Just because I'm standing up here today preaching the word is no different than if God asked me to come take out the trash next week. It's not, I'm no different than you. We're the same. This is one gift I have, but you have many. Many, and our job as pastors and leaders is to help you find that purpose, to stir up the gift of God inside of you because I want you to have that moment where you say, this is why I'm alive. I'm using the gifts and talents that God has given me. This is why I'm here. And it takes being vulnerable. And it takes a risk. It takes a challenge. It takes being determined. It takes getting up every day and saying, okay, I'm willing to do this. This is bigger than me. But it's all about you, Lord. And it's all about you. It's all about you. It's about building up each other. It's about building up the body of Christ. We want to help you find your place. We want to help you develop your spiritual gifts. We want to help you get equipped in discipleship. We want to help you get connected. You guys can go ahead and come on up, Charity. And engaged in your purpose. That's why we're here. We're here to serve you because you're the body. You're the body of Christ. And we want to challenge you to say yes to whatever that next step is, whatever that next step God has for you, only you know what it is. Only you can know. But just like it took Stacy and I getting up and getting out there, it's going to take us spiritually getting up, spiritually getting out there, putting on our shoes, and saying, yes, I'm going to step in 
I'm going to step in to whatever my next step is. Whether that next step is encountering the presence of God in my home with my children. Whatever if that next step is, God, I need to get to that discipleship meeting. I know you're calling me to that today. Whether your next step is, God, I know that you have gifts and talents and abilities within me that you're calling me to. Whatever that next step is, we want to help you find that next step because it's all about us saying yes to God. And the three ways, the three ways we can stay spiritually strong and healthy in 2021, regardless of the circumstances around us, is to stay encountering in the presence of God, becoming equipped and connected in discipleship and becoming engaged in service. If we do these three things, we're gonna stay spiritually strong and healthy. We're gonna stay spiritually fit. And the result of that is so that we can do what God is asking us to do. This message really is about hope. Because maybe for you, you feel like I have felt in the past. Tired. I was spiritually drained. You know why I'm excited? Because I know regardless of what happens, he has a plan. He has a plan. And if we follow his plan, and we continue to grow in movement and in the process, we're not only going to get through 2021, we're going to see God use us to do some amazing things in 2021, not only in us, but in this county. I'm going to go ahead and pray. If y'all could bow your heads and pray. We're going to go ahead and pray. And then Charity's going to go into this last song. And I really want to just dedicate this last song to a time of prayer and surrender of saying, God, I say yes. God, I'm just so thankful today, God, that you haven't left us abandoned. God, even though things are tough around us, and they were in the days of Acts, this, so as they are now. But God, you have a plan to keep us spiritually fit and strong. And you've given us every tool we need. And in that, I have confidence. And God, I'm so thankful for what you're going to do in every believer in this church as they say yes to whatever your next step is in God. And God, I pray that they would know how much we love them. And that God, you have a plan and a purpose for every single person in this building. In Jesus' name, amen.